Hey team and welcome back to Own Their Zone podcast and in today's episode we are going to dive deep into the delicate balance of athlete driven training sessions and in particular how much of a session should a coach lead and how much should the athlete steer the ship. We're also going to look at how age and experience levels make a difference. The reason for this podcast episode is over the last week since putting out the podcast. I've had some brilliant conversations with sport coaches across a wide range of sports and something that has come up quite frequently is the question how much of the session should the coach lead and how much of the session should the athlete lead. So hence the episode today. Let's jump in and chat some more. So as we all know that the world of sports is vast and Every every discipline and every sport obviously has its own unique needs for the athlete. But what is universal is the balance really between coach-led and athlete-driven moments within the sessions. Now, we are going to go on and talk further into fully um, athlete-led sessions or full athlete-led sessions. Um, also... The balance between um, coach and athlete-led sessions uh, for early learners, novices, intermediates. But universally, we are looking around a 50-50 split during most sessions, up to uh, a 60-40 split, 60 being coach-led, 40 being athlete-led. That sits more at your sort of novice or younger-aged athletes. So they are roughly what we should be looking at in those sessions, but those numbers can be played with from time to time, um, and obviously they will be played with hugely depending on the audience in front of you. Let's have a look at a athlete-driven session or where at least the athlete plays a part in that session. So let's have a look at a team sport first, like basketball. So a coach might set the framework. He might outline the day's theme. And let's say in this case, it's shooting. So like I say, they'll come in, they'll uh, they'll set the theme and they may provide some kind of framework for their athletes, um, but it will be very loose. And then their athletes will work within this, this structure um, to put together their own practices, their own activities, their own drill so what you may find is a more experienced player decides that they wish to concentrate more on their three pointers during that part of the session and you may get a a more novice basketball player who decides that actually what's more important to them is the basics and learning proper grip when they're shooting what you're going to get is you're going to get two athletes two players working towards one theme in this case shooting but working at their level. So both players are getting something from the session within the same session time. So you haven't got one session for novices and one session for more elites. Um, And this is where the athlete-driven part really comes in. This is where sessions start to become very, very tailored towards the individual needs rather than what the coach wants to work on, ensuring that every athlete gets what they need during the session. So we could look at more of a solo sport. So let's say marathon running. A marathon coach might provide their runner with a set mileage for the day. And then the athlete takes this and makes it theirs. I mean, they understand their bodies. They understand the needs, uh, what they need, what their goals are. So they may obviously complete the mileage, but they might do it by... um, 
by adjusting the pace. They might throw in some sprints. Uh, they might look for terrain that's uneven. They might look for something like the beach where it's hard under the foot, hard to run on. They might look for uphill, so it's more of an incline. The athlete takes away what they feel they need. Um, however, the framework has been set by the coach. These are two great examples, again, of how we can use athlete-driven training um, and how the coach helps to facilitate um, but doesn't actually dictate. This format is really simple to manipulate. So let's say we wanted to do a 50-50 split. So coach runs 50% of the session and athletes run 50% of the session. So we could take the first part, we could take the warm-up. We could then give the structure or the framework to our athletes and for the next, let's say, 30 minutes, they get to play with what they wish um, to work on. And then the remaining 15 minutes, we get to deliver the cool down, the feedback, ask the questions and pull some great answers for our athletes. So this is a 50-50 split with the athlete taking the 30 minutes of real development. If we wanted to go down the more 60-40 route, we could do the warm up. We could provide uh, a drill for them um, or an activity for our athletes to uh, to undertake, to participate in. We could then hand back some of the session for 15, 20 minutes before taking the cool down. Now we're on a 60-40 split. So like I say, the way that we structure a session is down to us, but um, there's a lot of movement and a lot of play in the way we lay out our session plans which can give our athlete as much of the session as, as we wish, um, or we can take control of more of it should again, we wish. Hey coaches, so if you are enjoying our podcast show, why not dive into our Stay Ahead of the Game weekly newsletter? Embrace athlete-driven training, get tactics, drills, mindset techniques, latest research, and insights from top coaches. So go ahead, subscribe today and lead the pack. The link is in the description below. Let's jump back into today's podcast. So let's now look at age and experience and how that changes the percentage times of who leads the session. So for younger and more novice athletes, the scales might lean now more towards the coach. It could even go to a 70-30 split again in favour of the coach. These more novice athletes, they are still learning the ropes. So they do need more structure. They need to learn the basics and uh, they need to build a strong foundational understanding of the sport as well as the technical aspect involved. For example, a young tennis player, um, they might need more time understanding racket grip or basic footwork rather than the best kind of serve that they want to perfect. However, what this means is, yes, the coach is going to be suggestive, and maybe a little bit of a, a dictator as he's bringing his new player through. But once they've spent some time on the racket grip uh, or and um, the, the, the footwork, he can then ask the question to the athlete, how would you like to progress this? How could we use our, our, our new technique um, into something that you want to work on? So this is now giving back the athlete, um, giving the athlete back some uh, autonomy and some control. You might spend 45 minutes with the coach dictating a lot of what happens, but you might give 15 or maybe 20 minutes back to the athlete for them to work on what they want to work on. And then as you move more through to the intermediate and the elite athletes, autonomy definitely grows. I mean, they've been in the game. They, they'll know their strengths. They'll know their weaknesses. So now we're looking at the scales really starting to tip back to the 50-50. You may even at times take it to a 40-60 in favour of the athlete. For example, uh, an elite swimmer 
might dictate their entire training session. Uh, they might decide to work on turns or their starts or specific strokes. And what the coach will do here now is they will step in mainly for some technical refinement and ask some questions uh, to promote some self-analysis um, and then provide some reflective feedback at the end. We mentioned at the very start, can you have a completely athlete-led session? And the answer to that is yes, absolutely. You wouldn't want to do every session completely athlete-led, obviously, but if you have a, an athlete come in um, and they have a clear vision on what they want to work on, then let's play it out and let's see where it goes. This is a great chance for you to, again, facilitate and really coach from the side. So I'm going to do an example. Um, I'm going to do a boxing example. So let's say one of my boxers comes in and says, Dave, my last spa, I found that I was getting hit because I just couldn't master my head defense and it was causing a problem. Today, I really want to work on that. My response would be, great, let's, let's get warm. So you run your warm up. Um, and then you start your, your activity and let them play it out. And then this is where the subtle brilliance of uh, a coach comes in. So even in an athlete-led session, the coach doesn't just fade into the background. So they become an observer, a, a guide from the sidelines, as, as I keep saying. So I, in this case, um, I'm having a look, I'm observing, I'm not jumping in, I'm not saying too much. I notice that maybe they're, they're moving their head off the center line, but their, their weight is incorrect. It's too much over the back foot or too much over the front foot, or they're moving their head too much. I'm not just going to go flying in there and tell them that you're doing it wrong. This isn't how you should do it. This is how you, this is how you should be doing it. This is the textbook way. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a little conversation with them. I'm going to ask them, how does it feel when you're when you're slipping that punch? Did you notice that you're off balance? And rather than say anything else, let's let them answer that question. Um, and then my saying I love is, don't tell me, show me. Then take a step back and let them play it out. And you'll find that without dictating, you've actually almost pushed them closer to what they were trying to achieve from that activity. And yet the boxer, in this case, feels that it's completely come from them and they've completely bought into it, which again is exactly what we want to try and pull from our athletes out, that independence. Football could be another one. So we might have an elite player that comes to training and decides that in this session, they want to solely work on their free kicks. So their free kicks from around the box. So the footballer sets his shots up, you know, takes a few shots. Um, my coaching role now, I'm having a look and I'm thinking, okay, using the inside of his foot for every, every shot. Can I get him to practice on the outside of his foot? But I don't want to go piling over and then and say, right, I need you now to use the outside of your foot. I want to be a bit more suggestive. So I could say, look, I'm loving the way that you're bending it using the inside of your foot. What would it look like if you wanted to go the, the other way around the wall? How, how would that play out? Then as a coach, I take a step back and I watch it unfold. And then we have a chat and we talk about it after the, the player in this case has chosen their own way around the problem that I've set. Regardless of the athlete's experience or even the sport in question, the aim 
of this philosophy is the same. It's to promote an environment where the athlete is the most important person. They are the central figure where they feel ownership of their own progression. And our role as a coach is sometimes that of a leader. It's sometimes that of a guide. And at other times, we are just an observer. But one thing we always, always, always are is present and we are always engaged. For our listeners, whether you're a coach or an athlete, remember this. It's about partnerships. It's about trust. And as coaches, it's about empowering our athletes to truly own their zone. Guys, girls, coaches, thank you for tuning in. And if you have any of your own experiences or any thoughts on athlete-driven sessions, I would love to hear from you. Remember, the link to our newsletter is in the description. Lots of free content each week. Until next time, stay empowered and keep owning your zone.